Hello, hello. Welcome back, She Before Me family. We are here once again with another amazing episode of She Before Me, the podcast. Um, As you know, we've interviewed amazing women, but I wanted a chance to just kind of sit down and get some male perspective um, on naked conversations. I hope you guys enjoy it. So we're here having naked conversations. What do you want to talk about today, sir? Anything that comes to your mind, just your, you know, the Mm. interviewer, you know, you ask the question ask the questions I'll answer them no we're doing this together alright well you know it's conversation Conversation. naked conversation naked conversation revealing your soul and exposing you know who you really are wow those forbidden areas that people don't get to Mm -hmm. you know beyond the eye deep in the reservoirs of your soul where does that start where does that start inside of you okay you know I think uh, truly being naked is Revealing who you really are, not just your clothes. You mm-hmm. know, um, I think it's a misconception on just being naked. This is naturally who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in society that's always trying to hide. You know, our truths. Facts. You know, so I think you don't get to cover up when you're naked. Do you think that walking around naked um, more can really boost people's? Um, what are we talking about? Spiritually or are we talking about actually Everything. nakedness? If we're talking but about actual nakedness too. I feel I like I feel like it would when you're comfortable in your own skin, you know? Well, I feel like there is a layer of of confidence that clothes provides for some people mm-hmm. because they get to hide their insecurities, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that they feel is flawed about their body. Right. Um but I feel like people who who aren't uh like as far as like having nice manhood or mm-hmm. a woman just with a nice physique, those people will be, you know, ultimately confident. Yeah, and I think nice. some of the some of the times when those people ultimately put on clothes, it does it, it boosts their confidence anyway. Do you think it's the same for both men and women? That women like women, you know, are always about like image, my body, my body, but I think we're all about image. Yeah. I think anybody that really takes care like I mean we don't go out here and get facial products and we don't go out here like hair products and lipo and all of these particular things if we didn't care you know so like nails hands that's that's self-care so I think we all to a large degree I know men that get their nails done Mm -hmm. and their feet done and I know I mean it's you know predominantly a woman thing but I know guys are moving on into that particular area so so you do feel there's a correlation between just like your pure naked physical nakedness and mm-hmm. the nakedness of you just um, feeling whole, you know, and just mm-hmm. okay. So you feel like it's a correlation, and then I feel like there's just a lot of superficial, a lot of superficialness that when it comes to um, image nowadays. Mm-hmm. So um, who we can make ourselves out to be when we put clothes on and when we put makeup on. You know, versus when we take that off. There are some women that are extremely confident with makeup, but mm-hmm. without makeup, they don't feel as confident mm-hmm. or as pretty or desirable. So, yeah, I think there is, like, what I say is a superficial eye. 
Mm-hmm. There's that superficial eye that's just surface, that this what people see, and then there's that deeper eye. So the nakedness that I'm talking about is the deeper eye mm-hmm. within, you know, the remnants of, you know, your soul, the inner you. Hmm. Okay, you said it starts with you. What I mean, what is the roadmap to somebody really discovering um, their inner core? Whatever they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, desire. And I think nowadays it's like it's so crazy because I hear a lot of people confuse love and desire. Mm-hmm. You know, when they talk about people, it's, it's more so about what they desire than what they love. So I think the passion and the desire um, will ignite the flame, you know, for anybody inspiring to know about themselves or take themselves to the next level and be confident, um, whether that be purpose, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be romantic love, um, whether that be a family, whatever the case may be. It's it's all about your passion. But what, what about those people who feel like, I'm never going to find it? I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's that. I think it's. Well, I guess it is. I guess it is. It is self discovery, right? And just, I think it's more like identifying who I am, just as a person first. Not so much what I love and what my passions are, but maybe just like who am I? So much goes into who you are, well, who I am, and so much goes into self-discovery because a lot of what we know about self is given to us early on. Mm -hmm. So we can't really make up our mind on who we are, you Mm -hmm. know, so from the time we're zero to the time we're 18, Mm -hmm. our parents are enforcing, you know, qualities and characteristics and who they want us to be and how they want us to pursue this and go to school, get a good job and, you know, be the best you can be. And all of these particular morals, values and qualities that they're giving us is the shaping of who they desire to see us to be, but not so much who we desire to be. So when, you know, do we find and we discover ourselves is when we ask ourselves, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I want to be outside of who my parents want me to be? When does that switch kind of happen, right? Like that switch starts to happen when you get knowledge about. Okay, so it can start. It can start as early as ten. It can five. It. I think the question is when you see somebody being uniquely different from the the set of qualities and values you've been taught is when that triggers it. It's like, oh, well, that person is different. Mm-hmm. Can I be like that? Mm-hmm. And then it was like the older you get, you ask yourself, well, uh, who am I? You know, it was so crazy. Uh, one of my mentors, um, Mike Muhammad, um, I told you we used to have these long conversations. Like, we used to drive home from, like, the studio, and we had these long conversations. We'd be talking about everything, like, supernatural conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. So I remember us having a conversation about purpose, you know, and he said, whenever you can't, define who you are you have to ask yourself who am I and he said you can lie to everyone else but you can't lie to yourself Mm -hmm. and I think the thing is is people have become comfortable with lying and they say if you practice something long enough you become good at it so I think so many people have practiced lying so much Mm -hmm. lying to themselves that they've become good at it 
you know, it's like when we talk about failure, when we talk about people being comfortable, you know, in society and life, and it was like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. It's, it's because they have convinced themselves, you know, they have lied to themselves that they don't want greater when they know they do. Hmm. So I, I think um, defining who you are is just being truthful with yourself. You know, once you can define who you are for yourself, you don't need to be boxed in into other people's definition of who you are. But, like, why are people so fearful of that? Like, I just feel like people seem to be... Because you know, stepping out on your own with no support is... That's that's very intrepid. That's very scary. Mm. Um, it starts as, like, I mean, just the backgrounds that we have, um, the support systems. Um, like I said... From the time we're born, we're dependent on our parents mm-hmm. to really instill and do a lot for us. Um, some of us have siblings, some of us don't, but there's a family unit, you know, when it comes to support. Mm-hmm. Um, you stepping out, you know, and doing this by yourself, it's just that. It's mm-hmm. by yourself. So people fear being alone. You know, I, I think that's one of the things behind it. Um, a lot of women get married because they don't want to die alone Mm -hmm. Uh, you know a lot of people make decisions like they don't want to be lonely and this and that so I think it's the I think the fear starts with vulnerability Mm -hmm. you know um, being in a place that's unknown that's that's fearful you know stepping into something that you have no conscious or no knowledge about is is, is something that will scare you stepping out of the kind of arrangements that were kind of given to us by our parents and stuff but um, you know I'm in a, a community of a lot of women and so it's it comes back as just kind of like this I I want to be able to know who I am but I'm also scared to find out who she is and I think that has really become the mission of even the podcast is just trying to help women kind of navigate that but what does courage look like for you? For me personally? Yeah. I mean, uh, courage excites me. Like, so mm-hmm. for me, um, I'm willing to go after whatever it is that's like compelling me to do whatever. So yeah. I've never been kind of the fearful type, even though people are like, dang, girl, you're doing this and you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like, why, why? It's like, because I just want to do it. Right. Um, but... And that's what it is. It's just doing it. So you say courage excites you. And one thing about excitement or happiness is joy is it it produces serotonins and dopamines Mm -hmm. in our body that allows us to feel a certain energy, an energy that uh, can be infectious. Mm -hmm. So I think if if more more women, when when you see someone in a position that you admire, like uh, Michelle Obama, you know, or a Beyonce, when you see these particular women, be at the top of their their game that encourages you know that 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 puts a desire in you that says you know what I can do it you know um, so when we see more people doing something stepping out there and being confident we're more willing to do it you know I think like I said if it's if it's unknown to us and if we have no knowledge about it then we fear that but I feel like it can sometimes have the opposite effect right so like if I'm seeing Michelle Obama I'm more in awe of her and you feel like somebody would be intimidated is what yeah you're saying? for sure you know um because I've seen it only if they try only if they're trying to live up to her standard they are they'll be intimidated 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's and that's what I mean. Like I see a lot of that too, and I even had just kind of a personal, you know, family member who who told me that, and I'm just like, what? Um, it's just I think it goes back to that whole like you know people just being fearful of trying to discover a, discover what all they can be and do and finding their purpose. Um, but sometimes it is an overwhelming thing to see so many other women doing great things or and people in general, not just women, but and thinking like, wow, I'll, I'll never be able to achieve that. Like, where does that come from? And like this just this. I think it comes it, from comparison. Mm, and that's one thing that we have to get away from. I think we have to allow people to be great and shine their light mm -hmm. and know that that doesn't affect the way we shine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, as long as we're comparing ourselves to other people, right. we're going to feel inadequate and right. insecure and we're going to feel like we don't meet the particular standards. So get away from the comparison and live in a space where you can be confident. I mean, even if that's just being a great mother, you know, um, there are a lot of people whose whose passion is, is bigger than others. And that's okay. Like, that doesn't mean you're less valuable as a human being. That just means you know what you have to work on if you want to work on it. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people who early on know their strong points. Mm -hmm. There are some people who don't find out their strong points until they're like 40 or 60 years old. Right. But it takes time. But are you willing to be dedicated to the process? Right. You know, um, the progress will happen over time if, if you're dedicated to it. Nobody's story looks the same. Like, they, there's no fingerprint. That's the same. There's, they say it's no snowflake. That's the same. But science has just proven that there are identical snowflakes. So. Is there? Yep. If I was amazed when I heard that, found that out about a year ago, I was like, damn, it's identical snowflake. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um... Where did where did your soul searching start for you? Mm, my soul searching started for me early. Um, my father would always just reinforce knowledge mm -hmm. and me reading, like really young. Like I, t I told you, experience when I was young, in first grade, he had me reading like psychology books. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I didn't know what he was preparing me for. Like I'm in first grade, like, and I told you, I was like, it's certain words I never forget because he, no, 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 you know, reinforcing them like. You gotta know this and da da da. So he was, you know, very hard on me. Um, and that particular um, level of just, I wouldn't even say aggressiveness that he had to learning, mm -hmm. but it kind of was. It made me the same way. It made me aggressive when it came to learning mm -hmm. because it felt like I had to know this, you know. So searching for information is, is, is something I take pride in, but. I want to know the truth. It's not about being right to me. It's about knowing the truth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the journey started for me young. Um, I would say the eye-opener was after I was um, 17 years old and I had to sit down for a while and, you know, up against a wall and just knowledge was given to me and just having these experiences. It was almost the same way... Um, the alchemist and the alchemist um, Santiago was so it was just one of those things the universe kept revealing to me mm -hmm. you know certain things it was like okay and I knew the universe and God was conspiring in my favor and mm -hmm. I was like okay yeah definitely I, I see the signs there were doors opening that were walls mm -hmm. 
bars in front of. So it was like, you know, making a way, like, you know, God made a way, the universe made a particular way for me. And it was like, I got to do better, <laughs> you know, and that's what led me to want to find out more about who I am as a person, because a lot of who I was was who my father and my grandmother and my, my mom just instilled in me, like the qualities they were giving me. But what did I love most? Um, I mean, what did I find out more about me was that um, I was more than just the qualities that they gave me. Mm. You know, I was more than just the things that they taught me. Something about my path was different, you know, and yeah, like defining who I am. That particular journey has steered me to here. So you feel that people need to pay attention to their experiences because they could be revealing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, paying attention to your experiences is is about observation. Mm -hmm. um, we do need to be the ones that are in control of our lives. Sometimes we give control to too many outside forces and sources. Um, and I say forces for a reason because there are some... Um, people or things in your life that force what they believe mm -hmm. but the sources are those particular things that are supernatural that um, that we really can't fathom you know so those particular sources start revealing to me things and it was just like you know things like I feel like I have a deep connection to people and and just nature mm -hmm. so I felt like my ESP just was just kicking in everywhere you know, it was like my extra my extrasensory perception was just on ten. Mm -hmm. It's like I got things. I could discern certain things. Right. I could feel energy, and I know that sounds weird uh, to a lot of people, but you could definitely feel energy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just that, like, uh, this you know when they say, "Oh, I felt it in the pit of my stomach," or right, and that's really just your intuition right. telling you. I maybe. mean, but intuition, a gut feeling, there are many extrasensory perception mm -hmm. because ideally what a lot of people don't understand about the human uh, species is we're all connected. You know, I learned a long time ago uh, when people say, oh, great minds think alike. Mm -hmm. and it's not that great minds think alike. It's, it's that we're, we all think on a chain of thoughts that are connected to one another, but we don't. And I feel they don't teach us that there's more senses mm -hmm. to you know our life they teach us about the five senses but they don't teach us about the other senses that we have so i think that is why is thought not a sense mm -hmm. you know why is that not a sense because they don't want you to think once you've discovered well once you've gotten all this knowledge what do you do with it because some people I back i um i mean i've mentored for a long time um my circle when i perform my music I'm having these conversations with people. When I write, I'm having these conversations. Um, as you know, I'm in the process of writing a book, and I'm looking to finish it up. But it's um, it's it's dedicated to manhood mm -hmm. and young man experiences with the challenges, you know, of understanding what being a man is. I think there's so many misconceptions. So I think it just it just can't fall into a category of providing provision and money. Mm -hmm. A man can't just be that. I mean, it can't just be security and stability and nothing else. Right. Um, I think some of society's views of what men are have taught us to 
lack in other areas. So when it comes to emotion and sensitivity and things like that, why some men miss the mark? It's because you're taught to be this masculine being and suppress all emotions. You know, so yeah, it's a different story though, but Yeah, no. I'm following you now. I'm sorry, I've been ditching all these questions or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know if you had any for me. I was just I didn't mean it to be like super interview style. I wanted to just yeah, right, right. No, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, this, this your this is your platform. Um, what geared you? At one moment in your life, did you define who you were for yourself, not for anyone else? Yeah, yeah. I think for a long time, like I even grew up thinking like I was a superhero. Like I've just felt like. I just had superhuman capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm th- I already I knew I was special, um, and not really realizing what was all in me and what I necessarily wanted to do. Um, young, just passionate about sports, passionate about people, passionate about uh, disadvantaged, you know, communities and stuff. So I was very deeply involved in that. Um, but it, it really wasn't until, you know, adulthood, just going through all that, um, those experiences to where you, you just kind of learn um, super, super valuable lessons um, that kind of mold you and just realizing, like, I don't want to be that person or mm-hmm. um, I love this about myself, so I, I want to keep that going. I think when I was 27 was probably the year I was just like, this is who I'm becoming, this is who I want to be. Like, I wanted to be um, a force. Like, I wanted to create. I wanted to, um, well, create more than anything, right? But then uh, probably just the last few years, just really diving into, uh, through relationships with other women, um, conversations and um, friendships and people just reaching out that, that I knew I had to take it a step further and not just be like, oh, on the surface, this is, I'm this funny creator person, but wanting to figure out deeper who I was. And so I had to really sit down and say, like, to sing, like, who are you? Um, you're the creator, like, you're loving, like, really put out, uh, write down descriptions of, like, who I was. Um, and from there, it was super revealing to me. And it's just like, this is who you are this is what you want to put out to the world and, and cling on to that, right? And not deter from it. So when things come to your life or relationships come into your life, you're just like, okay, wait, this may or may not fit who I am because now I know for sure this is who I am. So, yeah, it, it's super later though, super later in life. But I still run across a lot of women way older than me who still have yet to kind of discover that. Yeah, the journey for everyone else is different. And maybe it starts with the physical, too. You know, maybe it starts on the exterior of us just being comfortable with who we are. And then that kind of... Everybody's different, though. Yeah. I mean, I've seen big people who are extremely confident. Yeah, me too. You know, I've seen skinny people who are hugely insecure. Right. You know, so I don't... I think it, it's, it's information. And I think... Mm. Uh, we live in a society where we don't really guard our minds with some of the information that is given to us or some of the things that we see. Um, You can't just be exposed to anything and everything. You know, um, 
because energy is real you mm -hmm. know the frequencies and the vibes that we pick up on so when we're watching things that are toxic you know or isn't is negative and doesn't really fit us or not really good for us then it it, it brings about a certain thought process mm -hmm. you know um sometimes watching violence can't invoke a violent mind mm -hmm. you know or, or plant a seed for violence in your mind so we just have to be careful about what goes in a lot of the times these women you don't know the background of what they experience mm -hmm. who planted seeds what their parents said to them you know um what their teacher said to them or you know whatever like what their siblings said to them if they grew up in an environment where it was completely negative and they got talked about all the time and it's like you'll never be anything and you're this and you're that um my father didn't start positive reinforcement until i was almost like 16 or like he didn't know until later that you can't talk to children a certain way you know and expect for them to be as successful as you wanted to be and he later apologized you know he's like i, I should have did better you know i said he mm -hmm. used more positive reinforcement you know um but sometimes the burden of a single parent will bring out you know uh, a lot of energy that you didn't it was like man i'm carrying this by myself fuck her fuck da, da, mm -hmm. da, da. and it's like yo it's like some of the things you said it was like no kids should have to hear that mm -hmm. you know, y'all go y'all ass it I, I let DC have that, you know, like the <laughs> oh, shit, like parents say, and it's like, why would you? Why is that cool? Like, why was that? It's like you that upset. But what was the switch for him to where he realized that he had? Done I think it was information yeah. and knowledge. Like when you're exposed, like when you put yourself in a position, not even put yourself in a position, but you're around people who expose you to different things or say different things. It, it could have been. A, it could have been a list of things. It, it could have been religion it could have been spirituality it could have been a woman you know voice and information and yeah there's a lot of things or it could have been somebody heard him and say yo that's you know not the way you talk you know the children like there could have been a list of i don't know exactly the seed or the words that he heard but i think it, it was big you know to come back and at one point it's like sometimes the damage has already been done yeah. but yeah. sometimes hearing that um i remember writing some years ago um, sometimes people are living a life, you know, in negativity and tearing people down because they never got that apology from a parent that they wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, how long are you going to live your life in search of apology you may not never get? Yeah. When are you going to say, you know what, fuck them, I apologize to myself for right. everything they right. did to me. I forgive them, I'm moving on past it because sometimes that's what's holding us back. Mm -hmm. What's holding us back is our, our grudges, yeah. you know, our self-hate, um, our self-loathing, mm -hmm. you know, just, just whimpering and whining about our position versus fucking doing something about it. Like, do something about it. Mm -hmm. Change your position and your circumstances. So, yeah, for, for me, you know, um, I just think it's it's about information. What you, if you, like... I know Oprah's really like dope and she's on a spiritual tip sometime, Ayanla Van Zandt, mm -hmm. like, and I mean women, like, because I know you do, you know, this for women. So I had to be in a position where I had to learn from women on how to treat women. Mm -hmm. So I had to read books like Oprah and like Ayanla Van Zandt. I was like, all right, I got to know how to treat women. I just can't be out here because my experience, I was raised by a single father. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah. Like he, I didn't see him court. I didn't see him date. 
you know, I've seen women every now and again, like, mm-hmm. um, maybe they link and we go out with their kids, but it, it wasn't like romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really see that particular, I seen that romance on some levels. Um, I know he was engaged at one point and, you know, I might've seen him be affectionate and I might've seen him even naked after having sex, you know, like, oh, you know, yeah, da, da. <laughs> as a kid, like, I walk past the room late at night. It's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> you know, your eyes. You're like, oh, y'all. Okay, but yeah, like I think, um, like I was telling you before, I think it's it's important that parents date their children and their parent and 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 children see their parents date each mm-hmm. other. I think that's important, and I think that's what's missing nowadays. Um, if we want to and aspire for our children to make great decisions, we have to be showing them that we make great decisions. Mm-hmm. If we show if we're showing them that we don't, they're not gonna make great decisions. And we can't get mad at them for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, even, well, you it, chose dad and he treated you this way. Right, and right. How can you expect her to cheat and find a good man? Like, I think there's a balance, too, of just trying to and knowing that we don't always get it right. Right. So here's your father, a man of an abundance of knowledge. Right. You've you known him this to be this man your whole life. Mm-hmm. And yet he was still kind of making mistakes, too. So just even at the core of who we are, um, F- discovering that and like I'm walking around with confidence and I and I have all this knowledge and I'm, I'm feeling good about myself doesn't mean that we're doing it right um, but I guess that kind of leads into what you said about just illustrating that for children too because um, children don't know that right. they're only going off what they, they right. don't have the information <laughs> they don't have the information that the parents have yeah and 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 like you're saying like you know date them and let them see all these positive things too but also to let them know that you're human and that you make mistakes too yeah so with um, children a lot of things is just face value yeah they're taking your word as is yeah you know whether they're right i mean sometimes they can feel mm-hmm. if it's wrong or not mm-hmm. like ask your daughter to curse and like mm-hmm. she'll like look at you like you know i'm not supposed to say that no i'm not gonna do that you know so it's like they're apprehensive and and they know there's an intelligence to a child because they're very impressionable and mm-hmm. for the longest it's it's all about gathering information mm-hmm. so you, and ultimately, it, you know, even, even as a child, like yeah. if your parent is making a mistake, he was like, are you, wait, I don't think you're doing that right. And then also being able to, call, like you just said, call you out on it. Um, I think I have a, a, I'm trying to create this relationship with my daughter where it's okay for her to just ask questions or even say, say, mom, like, wait, you did say this or wait. Maybe yeah. is that wrong? Because you told Pey- me it was wrong, and like now you're Pey- saying this. Peyton says what? Like she's like what, Daddy? And I don't trip. I was like, I grew up in the household. We couldn't say what. Yeah. We said what. We got smacked down. It's like <laughs> what? Who? Who? What? What you say? Is yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Like that was, you know, uh, fundamental in the house. It's like the way we. You better have some manners, like coming up, um, and, and you, you better have, <laughs> have, as a, sir. Miss, no, like we definitely we have to do the sir and ma'am stuff, but we just had to like we could not say what. Um, but th- it, it really took my daughter because I used to I used to hate when she said what 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 right, and I was just like, um, you know, don't don't do that. You know, if I'm calling you, just come see what I'm. You know, she was that like, well, she was like, well, when I say what, I'm not being disrespectful. To right, you at all. right. Like, I'm not. Like I'll say what to you. Mm-hmm. Like we'll say what. Like what? What you want? Yeah, and it's not a big deal. So why am I putting this degree of like it's a level? It's not a level. 
my children aren't intentionally disrespect. They're five. Mm-hmm. They're not intentionally disrespecting me. Mm-hmm. Like there's difference when it's motherfucker what you want. Yeah. Like, if they, <laughs> and now you said that, I'm fucking them. Like, who you talking to? You know. But if it's what daddy is like, yeah. that's that's a response. It's conversation is a call and response. Mm-hmm. Hey, Peyton, what daddy? You know, it's like we might yes, it's, it is. It there's no difference. And it was like, as long as we, and that's the thing is like, we put these particular pressure on words in society. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying, saying it. it. Yeah. It's your delivery. Yeah. It's about how, like if my daughter said, what? With an attitude, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> you know, that's different. But if it's what daddy, it's like, I can hear the sincerity. So I think it's more so about the delivery. So, so you being this, this amazing man of like knowledge and oh, confidence you. and just like I mean, purpose. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Knowing the experience you had growing up, like from your dad, you know, pushing the knowledge early, all that good stuff. Um, how are you? How do you plan to shape your children so that they begin to know or get to the core of who they are early or start establishing? I'm doing my best. I mean, with them being so young, it's it's still the basics. Mm -hmm. My thing right now with my children is is comprehension. Mm -hmm. You know, getting them to understand. So I can only I can only be in a space where they are. Like I like taking them to extreme levels of just you know and just massive information and just Black history and things like that is like. Yeah, wait, y'all gotta get the basics first. <laughs> so it's like, I think but, once but that's five, established. What at five are you like really? Oh, at five, we're still doing numbers and not and just letters. on that level, just about just life and knowledge. Anything that you kind of instill in them early. Um, like, tru- truthfulness with okay. Peyton. Peyton's okay. truthfulness. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, with Mason, um, it's. It's, it's just being consistent with potty and he's been pottying all week and standing up so I'm proud of him yeah. it took a minute because there is like I told you a struggle with having a child that's autistic mm-hmm. because they don't get the things you know the preliminaries and everything else that the other child is yeah. getting so it's like okay you gotta be more patient mm-hmm. you know way way patient like you, if you think you had patience you never had patience until you have a child that's autistic because it's like and it's like you can't lash at home. It's like I mean, you can, but that that's not good because they're sensitive. Yeah. Um, because they know that they're they're they they may be not they may not be doing something that is right, but mm-hmm. they're trying. Right. And I see him try. Okay. Um, I remember having a conversation. Um, and it was like at times it's like you just have to know that. They still have ears. They still have eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's like my son like functions like you would think. Like people seeing them is like, oh hey, mm-hmm. and then they'll look right past you, <laughs> you know. Or you know they'd be like, you know, hey Mason, da 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 da. Mason would be like, mm-hmm. walk off. Like he has moments where he'll hug. Like he'll walk up out the blue and hug me. Like he don't do that with everybody. Mm-hmm. He'll walk up out the blue, hug me. He'll kiss on me. He'll rub my ears, and then he move around. And it's like, and then he'll go play by himself. Like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, I'm doing my thing. Don't, don't buy. I'm like, all right, do your thing, son. And then there's moments where he'll grab my hand and guide me to wherever he want. Right. You know, um, 
I reiterate like the word that we go over that um, my sister told me he said the other day is yes I was like we've been going over that word for months you know so I know at times he says words mm -hmm. so it's like yeah man just want the best and you know trying to get my son there my daughter is more so uh, just memorizing information let it fall <laughs> just memorizing uh, information um, yeah she's pretty outstanding and pretty knowledgeable Okay. She's my help. You know, she mm -hmm. helps out with Mason. She tells on him a lot. I was like, you know, Mason don't have a degree of knowledge that you have, Pepe, but thank you. Mason doing it. Mason, 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 <laughs> Mason. Mason, Mason. Uh, Nora's like, with it. Like, she's a tattletale queen. It's like, mm -hmm. but you started it. You're right. over started it. Yeah, so. my baby. Mm -mm. I got to catch her sometime because I'm like, look, don't be hard on your brother. But yeah, she, she, she daddy love helper, though. But even as they transition to be young um, teenagers and adults, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, let me let me take it one day at a time. I'm there. Okay. It's like um, I'm just you know because people people listening may they may right, have kids right. at different stages and being like, okay, well, because even for me, um, like I said, I'm, I started reading um, more in depth books with Sanai because she's now entering a different phase of life. She's about to go to middle school. Mm -hmm. You have the basics, you have, you know, your morals are pretty much for now mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in line. So what can I start stretching your your mind and thinking about? Um and I so mean exactly what you I would I would do the same thing that you're doing. Um I think what inspires me is music, mm -hmm. um theater. Mm -hmm. And just having a good time, just activities where, where like endorphins is just always up. Like yeah. I was like jumping around, playing, having a good time. So I want them to choose. Like I don't because I'm passionate about music and passionate about sports and and, and theater and all that stuff. I'm not gonna force them to do anything they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. It's like you make your own decisions and your own choices. If you want to be a hairstylist, mm -hmm. daddy supports you. If you want to be a mortician's daddy supports you, like whatever you want to do, do your thing. That that has probably been the most exciting thing about um, being a parent. Because at first it took me about five years to realize that I was a parent. <laughs> and my sister was like, that you a parent. Like you're a mom. Stop acting like, you know, it was like a checklist. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we got to do this, this, this. And it's like, no, you need to be loving on her and provide her all the things you wanted as a kid and just like being just more motherly right. and stuff like that but but just the magical part of seeing your kids grow each year and then even just becoming their own person um and Sanai like chin checked me one time and was just like mom I'm my own person like I don't I, I don't do that mm. like I wouldn't say that like you would say that and I was mm. like oh like I was just so taken back by right. it. Like, are you serious right now? Um, but it it was so magical knowing that like she is developing into the beautiful person, and um, she has her own ideas and her own perspectives, and um, and eventually her own passion and stuff. I think she mm -hmm. said she at one point she wanted to be like a baker or something, and um, now it's a general surgeon. It, it just changes all the time. But for her to even explore that, you know, so super excited about it. Um, so, talking about Sanai, um, what do you feel Nora um, challenges are, and her what challenges in her strengths? Um, she if doesn't know she doesn't know this about herself, but she's very she's very strong. Like she's she's going to be a very strong leader. Uh, she's defiant. 
um, she's not afraid to challenge authority. And not to say that so much in a bad sense, but just more so like she's so confident in who she is and her thought process is like, no, so because it's this. And you're like, maybe she truly just thinks that, you know, mm-hmm. in this way. And it's not so much that she's being like a little badass kid or anything. It's just more so like she's just strong in that. Like, don't be doing that because you hurt my sister's feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, don't treat that person. Don't say that. You know, when I cuss, she'll cut. She'll mom. Don't say those words. You're not supposed to talk like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, who are you? Um, so she's. She's very confident already as a, as a three year old, and I think it's because she's around so many adults. Like she's not around a lot of kids her age. I mean, I'm at school and stuff, but but um, I think we're gonna probably have a hard time as she gets older with that because, like, my mom's always like she's identical to you. Mm-hmm. Like always asking questions. Like I know I want this this way. Controlling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the at the core of her, she's very very loving. Like she loves people and love. Like she doesn't want to see people sad. And she's like, "Why is that person sad?" Or she'll look at me and be like, "Why are you sad? What do you mean?" You know. So, um, like, or out of the blue, like, "I love you, mommy." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, love you too." So, yeah, I think she'll be okay. I just, I feel like there's gonna be some rebellious mm-hmm. things there. And hopefully I can just kind of... be a little revolutionary. <laughs> I know, right? So, we'll see. But at the core, I just... Like, I just... I want them to be able to um, discover who they are on their own. and But, you know, obviously aid in that navigation. But Yeah, I think with Peyton, um, some of the challenges I see is just... Just naivety. Just naive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very... She's very open, and I feel like that can leave you vulnerable to so mm. much, even as a child. That's so, um, mm. you know, just she walks up to people, you want to be my friend? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> ain't gonna be your friend. That was to die. Yeah, oh my god, no, don't do that. We like, no, no. don't do that. Yeah, you gotta have somebody to be your friend. But it was like, I'm, I'm just thinking, I was like, I don't. I, was, I don't remember as a kid walking up to people asking them being my friend. It was kind of like, we were taught when we were young in Stranger Danger. And, yeah. Right? It was like, hey, don't be walking up to anybody. It's like, even if they're a kid. So it was like, there was a bit of hesitance, you know, and ap- apprehension to, you know, who you would approach. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you play with somebody, you got along. It was like, I get that eventually. But it was like, we just fell in line. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we ain't say, we ain't ask. We just said, no, you're my friend. Like, it was just like that. <laughs> it control. is. Control. We did. You're my friend now. It was like, we friends now. Like, I wasn't asking you to be my friend. I told you. I told you, goddamn. We friends. That is exactly how it worked, yes. <laughs> so it was like, when you play with somebody, you like playing with them, even if it was a chick that played basketball. I remember that being young. It was just like, hey. We ain't have to say we boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, my shit. God. We, we just moving like we are, you know. So, you know, just remember that that it really wasn't a conversation. Like, you had that, like, some, like, the older you got, like, probably, like, sixth, seventh grade. And, you know, you had situations where it was, hey, if you like me, yes or no, no, right yeah. there, da-da-da-da-da. You know, but that was it. But people really knew before then. Mm-hmm. Like, before that person asked you, that person knew because of the way you looked at them and da 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 So... There were situations where, you know, I just, I just seen her 
you know, just be too open and too mm-hmm. naive. And it was like the whole thing as a father, like I don't like my daughter sitting in men's laps. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's that's just inappropriate. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. even if they're family, it's like it's like I'm cool with family, but it's like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, it's, nah, it's because I know so many women have had and I've dealt with so many women who have had experiences where they were, you know, just touched so, and this yeah. and that. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, nah, we don't do that. And it was like, doors always open. What you doing? What you got going yeah. on? And like, I remember telling her mom one time because she, she was dating a guy and the guy was coming over to the house and I don't know if he was staying at night, but I'm like, yo, I was like, just as long as ain't nobody, you know, touching my kids. I was like, you got to be careful because you have a son that's autistic and nonverbal. Yes. Yeah. And at that time, Peyton was barely verbal. Okay. So I was like, you know, just, just be careful. I was like, your pursuit of love shouldn't come in a yeah. position of putting your kids on a back burner oh, yeah, so for sure. it's like you know take your time i'm like do your thing i respect you being in love mm-hmm. i'm like i just want my kids to be safe because yeah. i know it's some kid some guys out here and it's you know women too but there's some guys out here that i aren't wrapped too tight so i'm like just be careful right you know just be careful because i remember her once upon tell once upon a time telling me oh i'm not gonna date anyone until the kids get older i was like it's just gonna be about them and i was like okay cool i was like you know, you said something different before, but I'm just saying, be happy, be in mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. but just always make sure your kids are good. Yeah, for sure. Because I just found out stories that just l- later, and women just was like, oh, I was this way because that happened. Oh, wow, it makes sense now. I really didn't realize how um, how prevalent. Oh my God, a lot. like. Super and men too weird. not just not oh, just yeah. girls men too like men too like my friend that I was telling you about like yeah just it's yeah and it hinders I feel like it hinders in just the whole just searching and self discovery and searching for yourself too right it's just like this that's why I said it's affected by the people like our parents mm-hmm. and family members a lot of who we know ourselves to be is isn't about us Mm -hmm. it's about who they want us to be Mm -hmm. like somebody forcing themselves upon you as a child Mm -hmm. not just rips your innocence away but it's like how do you truly discover your sexuality if that's taken away from you Mm. you know so it's like that's what i'm saying it's like getting outside of what your parents values were or your grandmas and uncles and what they believe and then becoming an adult and making your own decision. Right. But I feel like you haven't given someone a fair chance if you're taking their innocence away from them. Right, absolutely. Like, that's that's not fair. It's like they're always going to have issues with self-discovery and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, especially if it's same sex. Like it's. And I, get, and I didn't realize how connected it was until, you know, you just get to a level of friendships with people and they decide to kind of open up to you. Or they may be at a place in life now where they're like, you know, I'm comfortable talking about it and stuff. Um, and, and I was just like... Listen, I don't know the statistics, uh, but most women I know that were molested by a woman have even had an experience in their adult life with a woman. Mm-hmm. Most most men that I know that were molested by a man have, have had something close to an experience or they molested, you know, or, you know, vice versa. Like, what by the grace of God, like, I don't know if it's by the grace of God, but... I, I didn't have any of those situations, mm-hmm. like none. Like, and I'm I'm grateful, but s- people close to me have, and it was like, what was I doing different? Right. You know why? Why did this 
happened to them, you know. And I don't think it was so much of like what I was doing different. I think it was just my mom. Mm-hmm. Like that was one thing that I think a lot of our aunties had endured when they were younger. Um, so like she never brought anyone home. Like she, ne- I I never see my mom bringing. Like she never in my whole life mm-hmm. brought pe- no one home. Um, if she did, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that protection was just always there. Right. And we, not to say that I questioned it back then or whatever. I was just kind of like, oh, I think at some point I just kind of felt sorry for her. I'm like, dang, she'll never date nobody. Um, <laughs> you know, she's so lonely and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, she was just like, no, nah, like it was, I had to protect my kids because it was so much shit going on in mm-hmm. the world. Even to like to the point where like we couldn't spend a night at people's houses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I used to be like, come on, we're just going over, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh-uh, because right. you don't know these people. Yeah. Or, and even Facts. family too. Like mm-hmm. it was my grandma house, her house. Like, right. <laughs> and that was it. So, right. I mean, it's, I, I mean, think there has to be an awareness for parents too. Yeah, my only experience as a kid was just a cousin that was the same age with me, mm-hmm. you know, and we would just touch on it. But it wasn't, it wasn't something we we were do- we were the same age mm-hmm. we thought this was how we were supposed to be affectionate with each other so okay. we kissed and we touched and we rubbed on each other but that was the only experience i had it wasn't an experience of an older cousin or an uncle or a parent mm-hmm. or somebody mm-hmm. just you know j- just being inappropriate with mm-hmm. me so we mm-hmm. did what we seen it was like uh we got a hold of uh, uh my father had a collection like a stash collection he somehow like he used to work at Blockbusters before he started working at the airport, um, so he had a lot of movies in the house, man. We to, so we got to the point where we just you know we watched all the movies and we looking for more movies to watch, you mm-hmm. know. It's like and then we one on one was like I think it was like triple black da 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 something or x x x x on the computer. Like, What's this? <laughs> we started watching that, so we started imit- we started imitating what we seen. Mm on television thinking that that was how we were supposed to respond mm-hmm. like okay I'm a man well I'm a boy mm-hmm. you a girl that's a man that's a woman that's what we supposed to oh, be doing no. you know so um, yeah it was it wasn't anything like yeah, we never penetrate or anything yeah, like yeah. that it was just like yo we supposed to be you know affectionate with each other but you know that wasn't anything that allowed me to molest mm-hmm. you know or her go out I, well I can't speak for her <laughs> I don't think she I don't think she did but uh, it's like we weren't in a position. It was like we were affectionate. And then we were seven. Yeah. We were like seven years old. Yeah, it was like yeah, we yeah. being affectionate because we see this on TV. And it was like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do it. I think a lot of people had those humping days where you're like. Yeah, yeah. Catch a girl, freak a girl. Like, yeah, other girls. Like her friends. <laughs> like we would like her friends and hump on them. And it was like, but it would be mutual. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. wouldn't be something that it was like. I'm talking about an adult. Mm-hmm. being with a kid like oh, I know yeah, so many sure. women have had those experiences in their childhood but to even just wrap up um, you know we, we talked a bit about just sexuality and just the core how do they tie into one another is there an inverse relationship or is it say it one more time sexuality and your self worth value self discovery um, and how they tie into one another hmm I think essentially for a lot of people, they're two separate things. Okay. Um, you have people who, you know, sadomasochists and they like practicing S&M and all these particular things. And then in their, 
in their work life or in you know just their day to day they might be just average working class so everybody's different um I think they tie in together um when we're living with a level of truth mm-hmm. um when we're not um what is it what is that word um the addiction for uh, uh sex it's like ceteriots or something like that mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost close to like um kind of like the hair mm-hmm the hair disease that you can get psoriasis, psoriasis. yeah I think it's satiris, satiris okay. or something like that so it's kind of similar to that um, there are people who actually out here with sexual addictions mm-hmm. like they crave it they love it they want more and more and more all the time and then there are people who's like no I got it I'm, you know I'm good it's like it don't have to be one of those so it ties in just when you know yourself mm-hmm. just when you know what you like and what you want mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of people out here that just still live in a completely different sex life versus their average life. It's just like, I don't know if I'm here in a day, but, but at doesn't night. But doesn't that kind of uh, indicate that they know who they are? Or maybe they're just doing it? I mean, I besides the addiction part. I mean, I think some people you, choose sexual mm-hmm. lifestyles because they, they say, hey, this is who I am. So um, that's part of my truth. Um, and I'm going to walk yeah, confidently I mean, in it. Ultimately, it's like then... Hmm. I was saying why separate the two. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm confident, you know, in my life, my music and everything else the same way I am in sex. Okay. You know, so I'm just saying when it's totally abstract and just totally different. But I'm not, I'm not saying that they aren't being them. I'm saying that I feel like the two are different. And most of the time, I mean, I guess... That goes back to naked conversation and just some of the things being hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, are you willing to reveal and expose that particular part? I I think sex is one of those things that even though it's a billion dollar industry, it's um, our kids will never know. You know how sexual we are. You know with one another. Okay. You know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they'll get the footage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they'll never know. You know what limits we're willing to go to. pleasure each other you know so yeah so I I guess what ties into it is is just us living out our truth and it might be something separate it might deep down be something that is it's like okay well I'm this way you know father by day da 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 then I get my freak on when when that door's closed you know so I guess it is a lady in the streets and a freak in a bed so I guess it can be and all tying together and be your truth okay But I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you more. Thank you so much for having me.